Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome to Episode 17, Tools and Resources. Hi, Lauren. Hi. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's a chilly day. I know it is for you too, but the sun is out and we'll just call it crisp outside. Nice. Well, (laughs) January, we are here. It's our final episode of our series um, on kind of how to organize your year. And I hope everybody's had some good takeaways. If you haven't listened to the previous three podcasts, I would say um, take a listen to those. So this is kind of all tying it up with a bow, really. Yes. And um, today we're just going to talk a lot about we've got these priorities, we've got these goals. How do we execute them? Like what tools and resources can we use to make these things happen? And as a sales rep and coming from a sales background, I feel like this was something a lot of sales reps were really good at doing, taking that strategic initiative and saying, okay, I've got three things that need to happen. What things under that can I do to move that action forward? And a lot of people are great at that at work, but then they like can't do it in their personal life. So I think this conversation, this you can apply this to your work or you can apply this to your home life or your personal life. Great. I, I love this conversation. I love conversations that help people get organized because I know some people are extremely organized and could probably stand to loosen the reins a little bit, but I know it's just as many people need help getting it all together. So I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah. Um, so Lauren and I were talking a little bit before we started this, um, just about kind of what we would do. Like, okay, we've got this goal and we have our priorities. What, what do we do next? Like what, how do we get that train of moving? And we both agreed the very first thing that you need to do once you have these three priorities that we've talked about before and you've got your goals written down is to share your plan. And that needs to be with those people in your circle. Um, it might be your boss. It might be your spouse. It might be your best friend. But those people are so important because not only do they hold you accountable, but I can't even tell you how many times I've had a goal and I'm just like, hey, can I chat with you about something I'm thinking about? And then we start talking and I'm like, it's kind of a goal for me. And that person's like, oh, I know so-and-so and they can totally help you. And then they connect me to that person. And I just jumped like 20 steps just by having that conversation with someone that's in my inner circle that needs to know about my goals. And so sharing is so important. And I think a lot of people, and I think I used to do this, have these goals in their head and they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to tell anybody because if I don't tell anybody, then if I fail, then the only person is upset is me. That's not true. Like 
when you don't meet your goal, you have another person that is a supporter and maybe can help you strategize how to fix it and keep going, you know? And I've had that happen to me too. So I had to get over that like negative talk in my head um, and start sharing. And so I do now, and it's helped me so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should definitely, like you said, share with whoever feels relevant for that project and in your life. And two, it's helped to say like, by this date, by March 15th, I want to go live with this. And there, that person can kind of hold that ground for you and that end date. And so that they know that if you get really elevated and stressed out with trying to meet a piece of your goal, they understand why, and that you have this end date in mind, because sometimes we don't tell our family those big things we have structured in our mind, and then they don't know. And then they don't understand why we're getting so upset about something, but really we just assume they should know how we're feeling and they don't. And, you know, communication is key. Yeah. No, that, that's a good point. Um, you always want to be like, those people are just such great resources. And I, if you talk to any of my friends, they will tell you one of my biggest, I don't know if it's my assets, but is I always use my resources. And that comes from me being a small town girl who was the first to go to college in her family. And so I kind of had to like, just kind of figure things out as I was going. But what I found was when I showed people kindness and, and I had this goal and they saw me working really hard for it, they just wanted to help. And that's how people are. Most people want to help you, especially those that are close to you or that want to see you succeed. So don't hold it all on yourself. Yeah, it's your goal. Yeah, it might not help them or benefit them at all, but it might they might help you just because they care about you or because they know it's important to you. That can be a huge area too of personal growth to allow resources, allow yourself to accept resources. It's been a huge thing for me in my 30s and 40s to ask for help, to accept help, and to really recognize that, oh, somebody actually wants to do this because they really care about me. I am not burdening them. This makes them feel good to help me. And so some people have an easier time accepting help, but if you kind of resonate with that, that inability to accept assistance, just know that for the most part, people connect through helping. I mean, it's one of the ways that I like to connect and I like to be the helper. It's just been a lot for me to accept being the helpy. And oh my gosh, it's so incredible to accept assistance. It's from people the best. That, right. Right. I, at my previous job, I was a trainer and, you know, I would work with different people and you have to like when you in your ride along or whatever, you have to write up these long messages about what we did and all this stuff. And um, I always would work really long on it. And I had a friend, a coworker, and she was just like, do you, I, I was really struggling with it. She was like, do you want some help? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. And I think old Misty 10 years ago would have been like, no, I got it. And I right. would have spent like two more hours struggling <laughs> through it. Um, but I accepted the help because it's a tool and a resource for my success. So yeah, if someone offers you help, take it. It 
you know, don't try to be prideful. Don't try to like do it on your own or whatever. You're still doing it on your own. They're just helping moving things along, which I think is important. And on that note, I would say be so generous with your own resources as well. You know, when I was mainly just teaching yoga and teaching teachers to teach yoga, I would share everything freely. I mean, at one point, somebody even asked me, why do you share your Spotify playlist? Why do you make them public? Aren't you worried other teachers can take them? And I was like, well, first of all, I don't own that music <laughs> at all. It is not mine to hide and, and hoard, you know? And second of all, no, because it takes so much time to create a good playlist and I can do it super quickly. I've always been able to, and I would love for someone else to use that and experience it, you know? So I have very little that I consider proprietary property of my work. I have a few things, of course, but for the most part, I share freely any book I'm reading, any link to a course, any song, any knowledge I have, because I don't know why I have that knowledge unless it's to be shared. And no, it has not hurt my business. In fact, it's the opposite. It's somehow the more you give, the more you receive. I mean, that is the law of I don't know what, but law of abundance, maybe. Um, And the more fearful we are of of holding resources back as though they're somehow ours, even though they aren't, I think the more we're projecting that fear um, into the world, that that scarcity feeling. So I would say accept resources freely, but also give them freely, you know, give as much as you can and in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Oh man, that's so important. It really is. And maybe it was my grandmother, but whatever you give out, it will always come back to you. Always. She's always told me that. And it's very true for a lot of instances, but if there's somebody at work that you see is struggling or needs help, it may not be like you may be in a hurry or you may not can do it right then, but like just offering that little bit of encouragement or I got your back kind of thing it can really help someone and it can really move, you know, move them along or give them the right attitude to reach their goals. And even if you're in a hurry, you can offer yourself as a resource and say, Hey, I'm in a rush, but here's my cell phone number. Let me be a resource for you. Text me later. And that way it puts the ball in their court too, to use you as a resource if they want. If not, fine. You still had a moment of connection with that person which is sometimes all somebody needs is to be seen in their pain, right? Yeah. Oh, I was the girl in college when the professors would hand out like their phone number and stuff. And this is pre-cell phones, obviously. (laughs) They would hand out their office lines and I would not, I would go to their offices and sit down during those call hours and just ask them questions. And like, how can I, I was super nerdy like that, but (laughs) I knew that I personally couldn't reach my goals without getting down to the nitty gritty like that Um, and and using those tools and resources. We really can't do it alone. Mm -mm. I mean, (laughs) we, we can do some things alone, some parts of our journey and some parts of our goal, but really we can't do it alone, nor do we need to. We used to, um, at a job I had sit down And when we were trying to figure out a problem, one of the questions we all asked was, what is available to us to use right now? Like what, what 
tools do we have that are available to us right now? Mm-hmm. And then people would start dumping tools out. And, and suddenly that's where your brain's thinking. And so you're like, oh, oh yeah, I do know him. You know, I met him 10 years ago. So give it out and you'll get it back. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like in your group, if you have 10 brains sitting there, oh my gosh, yeah. that is a lot of brain power. Yeah. Whereas if it's just your brain sitting there, it's your limited experiences and your, and your limited knowledge. And so absolutely just reaching out to people, picking their brain. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about what they know? You know what I mean? Well, and it's an honor to be a value yes. resource. You know, when people, I still, when people ask me about mindfulness and yoga, I still am like, oh yeah. I'm the expert. Whoa. Um, but it feels like an honor, like that of all the yoga teachers that you could probably reach out to, you reached out to me yeah. um, and, and other people feel that way. So in the first couple of podcasts, we talked about goals. We talked about time blocking. We talked about priorities. What about some tools and ways to get from priorities to actual action? That is a great one. So using your tools and resources, one of the things that I found, and if you're listening to this, it'll probably pop up in your social media because we're talking about it. But I found a planner that literally the only thing on it, and I've since stopped buying it and I just use a piece of paper for this. So, you know, if this is, if you can use a piece of paper, you can do this. It just listed the date, priority one, three little bubbles under it. Priority two, three little bubbles under it. Priority three, three little bubbles under it. And then on the right-hand side, it had a column blank space that said to-do list. And so every day, that's what I do. Or the night before, that's what I do. I write the date, my top three priorities, and underneath, what am I going to do to... Some of them are goals and some of them are just things that I want as a priority to make sure that I'm always paying attention to. Um, And so what am I going to do in that day to make sure that that priority stays at the top? And then over on the right-hand side, I write down all of the things that are like the to-dos, you know, go to the grocery store, all the all the to-dos. And some of the to-dos, what I found when I first started doing this, I thought they were priorities, but they were really to-dos. And like, if they didn't get done, the world doesn't stop and it doesn't help me towards my goal at all, you know, but it felt like a priority because it was all in my face. And there's gonna be a lot of things in your face, like the dishes and your kids talking to you and remote learning and, you know, all of the things. And so I keep it out on my kitchen counter so that I can see it all day. Um, if if I were like in my car as a sales rep, it would be right there on my car seat so I could see it. And that lovely feeling of when I just check it off, you know, or I highlight it. It feels so good because my goal at the end of the day is to make sure that all those three little blanks under the priorities are done. And if there are still a whole ton of to-do list, I have let that go. That is things that will be okay. And when I evaluate that today versus a couple of years ago, my priorities and my to-dos were completely intersected and a mess. And I was spending way more time on things that didn't matter and the things that did matter were falling behind. Yeah. I have the same amount of time. There's the same amount of hours in the day that there was then than there is now, but I shifted those priorities and I made them a focus. And so 
it's a really simple, simple thing to do. I think that you follow a similar way, right? Yeah, really, really similar. Um, I too, for the most part, separate out, like here's the little things that can be on the to-do list that it's not, um, you know, there's no consequence of not getting that done. It's just stuff that needs to get done this week. Um, and then what I do is under priorities. So I might have my three priorities. One could be taking the kids to the doctor today. Two could be, I want to post a new class for my members on my website today. And then three could be this podcast recording with you. So under the kids priority, I don't really have action items because I just have to get them there and then get them home. (laughs) Arrive alive and leave. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe bribe them with ice cream after if there were shots involved. Yes. And then, but under, for example, I want to post a new class for my members. I might have three action items. One, plan the class. Two, record the class. Three, post it and create an email to send. Right. So there's stuff that goes in that under that umbrella. Those are three things for that action. And then for you today, I might say podcast recording with Misty and I might have underneath it um, prep for priorities podcast and then prep for this podcast. Um, and then maybe spend 20 minutes editing, you know, so there's stuff that goes under that priority that has to get done for that priority to actually happen. Because if I just say on my priority list, new class for members library, and I only book 45 minutes of time in my time blocking, I'm not going to get it done. So I have to look at what actually constitutes getting that priority done and then time block accordingly, because I am really good at not giving myself enough time to do all the things it takes to do to accomplish that priority. So if I really get clear on what are the steps, then I'm like, oh, I actually need an hour and a half for that, plus 15 minutes of padding, you know, and then I just feel so much more organized and and successful in that day because I I did what I said I was going to do because I organized my day to make it happen. I love that. And you got to check off the boxes yes. like, and they were complete. Yes. Yeah. It's a great feeling. And it, it's not, um, I know, I know super unorganized people in like their personal life who I watch dominate the workforce using very similar techniques. Yeah. Um, and so, but it's, it's everything that you want to accomplish. I know that there are working professionals right now that feel as though their relationship with their spouse or their significant other is kind of taking a back burner. Yeah. There's probably a lot of people. Um, so perhaps in amongst all your projects and your to-do list, that needs to move up to a priority for a while. And then underneath it, you need to make yourself some notes, which doesn't sound romantic, no, but it is a relationship you must work at. And so underneath it, it's three things that you can do. When I have done that, and I fall guilty to the spouse thing too, but when I have done that and moved the priority up and made three things, it is noticeable. And I, I, I he notices. So your, as we've discussed before, your priorities are always moving and shifting and you want to be flexible, but taking a really good look at 
you know, what am I doing at work and how can that transfer to my personal life? Or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe you're really good at having a really balanced personal life, but your work life is just like a mess. You don't get along with your coworkers and you never complete your projects or whatever it is. You can get really granule about the things you want to accomplish and you can start chipping away really easy at those goals. I love that so much. Um, especially about the, the relationship, your significant other, if you have one, your partner, your spouse, because sometimes we take that relationship for granted, you know, and just like anything though, it ebbs and it flows and there's ups and downs. And there's times when you disconnect and times when you come apart, come back together rather. And it's incredible to see when you put a little bit of intention around strengthening that and, and, you know, energy flows where intention goes and just saying, you know what, today I'm going to tell my partner that he looks really handsome and give him a kiss when he comes home. Because so many days, especially when you've been together for a long time, I know not for everybody, but you're doing something, he's coming in from another world it feels like, and, you know, sometimes the worlds don't collide so well. And so just making a point to pause for 30 seconds and say, it's so good to see you. I love you, you know? Nope. And if that's sitting right there on your kitchen counter or right. on your phone that reminds you, you're going to do it. Right. And then guess what? Ding, ding, ding. You did it. You get to check something <laughs> off. It's like the best feeling. I, you're talking about dopamine hits on the last podcast about how, you know, like if you click on an app, it's like, ooh, that feels good. I want to go back to yeah. it. It's the same thing with good things that happen to you. You know, if someone, if you see a, a receptive partner, that's like, oh, thanks. And they smile and give you a good hug. You, that's like that hit of dopamine, right? but in a way better way. And it takes so little effort and the reward is so big. It's, it's one of those things. So many things are like that. Just a little bit of effort for this really wonderful, wonderful reward. Yeah. And with your, with your priorities constantly changing, it may, that may be a priority for that day. And yeah. then you may see that that's all we needed. Like I just needed to right. connect and hold his hand while we watch TV and, you know, really tell him like, I love you or whatever it is. Um, and then things may be okay and you can move another priority in there, but keep a beat on that. You know, like your family and those people close to you are the so I can always check back to that. They ebb and yeah. flow, just like what you said. Like sometimes it's up there and it's a top priority, but sometimes it's, you know, something else that I'm working on. So, but it takes evaluation and making sure that you get really granular about mm -hmm. it, I think. Agreed. Well, what about for a practice this week? I think maybe getting one of your priorities together or all of them, I mean, do yeah. all three and getting really granular about the tasks. So maybe pick one priority that's work, if you work, one priority that's personal, and then one that has to do with either family or health or community service, something like that. And then put some for real action items around it and three items per day, depending on how much time you have in a day. And then enjoy crossing them off your list as you yes. finish them. <laughs> I think it's a great practice. And just like you said, start with one, like see, yeah. see that one through and get the success from it. And then you'll be like, Oh, I can do this. I can have three priorities a day and work 
through something. I'll tell you one thing. When you do this exercise, don't get overwhelmed if you're like, okay, I got this project. This is what I'm going to put down as a priority. Um, there's 37 things that need to happen. <laughs> and that is when I would do a brain dump and get out a separate piece of paper, write down all of the moving parts that it would take for it to happen, and then say what part needs to happen first and put that one over there. Which Great one idea. needs to happen second? So if that's the case with what you got going in your brain, get it all out, do a brain dump, which are great, and write down all of the hurdles that you could, you know, that you need to get over and then just chip away at them and keep that list handy so that you, as you start to chip away, you're, because if you did three a day, like you said, in, you know, in five days, you've done a lot. You've done a lot and the momentum will carry you also. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing is the number one and number two task. And then- the momentum just carries you along. It's so good. Yeah, agree. So happy January, everybody. I hope that you took away some good organizational tools, um, some good mindful organizational tools. And this is a resource for you, right? Like coming back to this podcast is a great resource um, to keep you mindful and aware of the things that are going on at your home and work life. So thank you guys. Thank you. And we will see you for our February series on mindfulness, what it is, how to practice it, what it isn't. We are so excited to dive in more deeply with you on that topic. Yes. And please share with your friends on that, that series, because there's a lot of newbies that could benefit from it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.